I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm here today with a really wonderful guest, Adriana Flood. She's back on the show. And Adriana is a student of mine. She's a Reiki and breathwork practitioner, leadership coach, proud mama, and a licensed makeup artist. So welcome, Adriana. Thank you, Melissa. So excited to be here again. Yeah, we had so much great feedback, actually, the previous shows that you've been on. So I'm really, really happy that you're here and you're going to be chatting today with me about boundaries. And so it is a huge topic, and I do think it's very important, especially considering a lot of the listeners of this show are sensitive, empathic souls, and we are the ones who really need to learn about boundaries usually. So I think it's going to be a great topic. So just everyone relax and enjoy. I wanted to start by just saying, I don't think I was really raised to respect my own boundaries. When I was growing up, I was wanting to people please and to gain approval a lot. And I was told to do as I was told and not to question. And I think if I had a different opinion or didn't like the way something made me feel, it wasn't really an option to speak up. And I really want to say I'm not criticizing my parents in saying this because I know that they were, you know, that they were doing what they thought was best and right. And it also is impacted and influenced by the way that they were raised. And I'm not even saying, I'm not saying anything negative there, but I do know as a very sensitive person and someone who did want to, you know, always do well and I wanted that approval it felt very uncomfortable. It felt hard to speak up. And so I think really the way that we grow up really does impact our ability to like how comfortable we feel setting boundaries in our lives. And if you grow up with a very strict household and you come from an era where that was really praised, like if obedience was praised, then it would be difficult. You know, that kind of old school mentality. What about you, Adriana? Yeah, 100% just hearing everything, like listening. I'm just like, yup, yup, yup. Like, you know, I was the youngest, I am the youngest of six, mm-hmm. Italian, old school Catholic family. And same thing, not criticizing the parents, but yeah, it's definitely strict. Very honor your father and mother bullshit, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, my parents did the best they could, of course, and definitely the way they were raised. But yeah, there was that fear of speaking up or you know, not not feeling validated sometimes or just kind of, you know, putting, not putting my needs first, you know, wanting to make everyone else happy. But really, that was just such a 
unrealistic expectation that was just so exhausting in the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think too, politeness was a big thing. Like I was raised with, you know, to have like good manners and to like respect other people. But it was almost to the point where I think I took that as no matter what the situation is, I better be always polite and Mm -hmm especially to adults. And I think that's kind of scary when you think about it, because if you don't feel comfortable and you just want to be polite, sometimes that could be a very tricky situation for a child to be in. Yeah, definitely. I totally totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. So to start off, I guess let's get clear on what a boundary really is. And so a boundary says, this is how you can treat me. Boundaries are all about you, your values, your feelings, what you need, what you want, protecting your energy and time, honoring your limits and being true to you, what is okay and not okay in the realm of which you're going to operate. Boundaries mean you're going to value your needs and feelings and you are not responsible for other people's behavior and feelings. That's so huge. Like that's such a huge statement. And I think also, yeah, very important to say they're not selfish, mean, unkind. It's not manipulation or control over another person. The person has a choice and is free to honor or choose not to respect your boundary if they don't want to. You know, that's, that's a really good point as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, really it's important too to talk about like, what are the benefits kind of having a boundary? Because I think I remember the first time when I learned about boundaries it was in my early 20s. My friend was telling me about it in this book that she read. And I remember like boundaries. Oh, that sounds like scary. And it sounds like, you know, pushing people away. But it's really a, a highest form of like self-care that you can do for yourself, really. And it's really about, you know, protecting your time, your energy. And uh, so some of the benefits of boundaries and, you know, what does a core boundary look like? So, you know, I would say the benefit of a boundary is going to help your relationships thrive. It can create feelings of safety. And, you know, it's going to help boost your self-esteem, your confidence. It really is a muscle. I must say the more you practice your boundaries, I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy, especially if you don't really have any boundaries in place. It can be scary at first, but with practice, you know, practice with a friend or a coach, repetition, you know, over time, you're going to gain more confidence. And also keeps you from overextending yourself. And I know... Like that's for me, I take on too much sometimes. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is when, like, this is, I have to be responsible for myself. I can't blame anyone else if I keep saying yes to things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you're going to get feelings of empowerment, peace, joy. It's going to help you live with more clarity, purpose, and passion if you have boundaries in place. And I feel like poor boundaries look like feelings of resentment, anger, disappointment, frustration, exhaustion. Low self-esteem and burnout is a big one for poor boundaries. Yeah, you're so right. Like, I think that anytime I notice myself getting irritable or I notice myself feeling a bit of resentment about anything, Mm. it's not my natural state to feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really like, you know, like who I am. So when I notice that, I always have to think like, hmm, what is out of whack? What am I not honoring in myself? Because there's got to be something. And it usually does come back to a boundary, which comes back to me and something that I haven't upheld. It's not about other people and what they do to us. It's literally what I've allowed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think you can also get super exhausted mentally and emotionally, even physically, if Mm -hmm. you constantly got those poor boundaries happening. 
Oh, 100%. So relatable. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think what holds people back from setting boundaries is really, you know, just not taking the time to reflect on what your boundaries should be. And I think also like the biggest thing is fear of rejection, fear of losing a relationship and so on. At least I know that's true for me. I felt very afraid of like, what will they think of me? Will they still be my friend? You know, are they going to talk about me? Like, you know, again, putting people before me, Mm -hmm. what I need. Yeah. For me, it's the same thing. Like I had a fear that it would seem unkind to state a boundary like to say no, I thought was like unkind. Like that if somebody needs something from me, I'm almost obligated or required as like a caring person or as like a spiritual person that I should just literally be, yes, of course, how can I help? And I think that that is a super toxic way of looking at that. And it's a good way to lead yourself into burnout for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the thing is, as empathic people, we can feel someone else's feelings. And oftentimes, if you have to put up a boundary with time or just you can't you can't do something and you know somebody wants you to do it, you can feel their disappointment. You can feel if they're angry. You also like psychically. I mean, it's not that we're tuning into that, but it's pretty obvious you can kind of know what somebody thinks you know, about that. Energetically, you could feel it, know it, you know, you experience it. And so it's difficult if you haven't had a good sense of yourself, like, like you're saying about the self-esteem. If you don't have high self-esteem or you don't have that self-worth that's really strong, someone else being disappointed or someone else being angry with you or misunderstanding you or misunderstanding your intention that can feel very painful. It can feel really uncomfortable. And I think that's where I used to always, if I tried to set the boundary and I got that reaction, I would just be like, oh, okay, actually, you know what? I can do it. Like I would change my mind. And then I felt like, I felt crap about myself. I'd be like, why did I do that? I knew that I was betraying myself, but it felt less crappy than having someone feel like they didn't, you know, they weren't happy with me, they didn't like me anymore. And so I think, you know, that is something that probably other people have struggled with too. Yeah, 100%. That's so relatable. I just was having flashbacks of certain times that I did that in my life. But yeah, I totally can totally relate to that. And I think, you know, really to help one find their boundaries, set their boundaries boundaries and help conquer their feelings around this. Obviously, self-help books, meditations, getting a mentor, a coach even speaking with like a counselor, if you're in like a support group, I feel like those are some tools that kind of can help you along the way. And something that has really helped me that I would love to share to get clear boundaries, I would really suggest taking some time to sit, reflect, write, whatever works best for you and get clear on what are your values and what are your priorities. And that's going to help you kind of get to your clear boundaries and I must say values and priorities are going to change so much throughout your lifetime, throughout different seasons. Gosh, I know mine have changed so much. Even in this last like two weeks, my priorities have changed a lot with going back to work and stuff. So for values, you could, you know, go into Google, you know, top 50 values. I'll just name a few here, but, you know, some values are community, contribution, adventure, faith, gratitude, generosity, leadership, respect, recognition, love, loyal influence, happiness. So there's some values. And then priorities, again, they're very different for everybody. Relationships, health, work, 
finances, hobbies, you know, personal growth, travel pets, and so on. So for me, right now, I would say, you know, my top priorities, I can't just say what my number one is, I'd say my top few would be obviously my health, my family, so my husband and my son, those would be my top. And then after that, the next two would be rest and balance and play, because that's very important for me to be happy and find peace. Like I know that. And then underneath that at the bottom, and it doesn't mean that it's not important, but I would say like friends, you know, traveling, going out, those kind of things are kind of at the bottom just because, you know, life is so different now being a parent and, you know, going to work and so on. But really at the center of my life, you know, love would be an important value, balance, compassion, contribution. Those are some important things. And then also another way too to kind of get clear on your boundaries is think of events, circumstances, or certain people, we all have them, who irritate us, who rub us the wrong way. Or maybe there's a situation where you're all, you feel like you're always saying yes, yes, yes to someone, but really in your head, you're like, no, I don't want to help them with that. No, no, no. It's really look at these situations and kind of reflect on how you can set a healthier boundary. And again, like I said, it's going to, it's going to take time and it may feel a bit scary at first, but once you slowly start building that muscle, and it's also through trial and error. Like a lot of my boundaries, I learned through exhaustion, you know? So I don't know, Melissa, is there anything else you want to add to that? I hope I made sense. Yeah, no, that totally does. And I agree. It is through trial and error much of the time because you don't know what you don't know, you know, until you're right. in that situation. And it can be flexible. You know, I think that they can also be, there's some boundaries that have to be probably like non-negotiables, you know, there's yeah. certain things, but there's others that might be flexible and maybe it can shift and move a little bit depending on the situation, you know, so it doesn't have to be rigid. And I think that's what sometimes would put me off when I'd start to think about creating boundaries. I'd be like, I don't want to be this like rigid person who's just like, no, it has to be my way. You know, like that's what I thought. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But I yeah. think it's like a beautiful way. Some people, I think some people are really good at it. And I noticed like it helps me uh, when I talk to you actually, and you will remind me or kind of like, I don't know, like help me to see where there there is a good boundary. Or if I set one, you're always like so encouraging. And that helps me to be like, yeah, that is a good boundary. You know, like that is a hard thing to do. And I started to do it more, you know, so I think that's helpful. Also, as a person who, like, I don't know if this is ADHD, my ADHD or what it is, just personality, but like, I have a hard time sometimes deciphering or deciding what is the most important because everything in my brain feels important the exact same way. Like, a tiny thing could seem very, very important to me while at the same time as something that is very huge. So sometimes that is hard. Like, I know obviously, like, my family and my health. Yes, those are very, very important. But the prioritizing sometimes is difficult because there's all sorts of other, probably more minor things that feel very important to me in the moment. So mm-hmm. I think it's just for me, what I've noticed is that I have to do what you're saying as far as like writing it out. I have to take some time to really, really like put it on paper and organize it in my mind so that I can see, oh yeah, of course, logically that makes sense that there's some things that are going to be top priority. But if I'm just thinking about it and not like really processing it, it could feel like everything is overwhelming and that it's so much that I can't decide. So I don't know, that might be helpful for someone else to think think about, okay, maybe just writing it out will be helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can, yeah, there's so many, I mean, yeah, le- living and learning really, you know, because I don't even think I was aware 
that I could have boundaries until like not too long ago. I really just lived my life and just thought like, okay, like as I go, I'll just keep producing and doing and giving and then like hopefully that all works out. And I think it wasn't until burnout, exhaustion, illness, anxiety started to build that I started to recognize, oh, wait a minute, there's a need for that. God, you know, I really wish boundaries is something, I mean, I haven't been in high school in 20 years, but I really wish it's something we would teach in school. Yeah. Like it's such a crucial life skill. Like when I learned about it, when I always remember I was 21, I was with my Christian friends and she told me about it. And I went to this seminar. It was very life-changing and empowering. Like, obviously, I was, had no boundaries at the time. But over the years, it just started getting better and better. And not saying I'm perfect by any means. Like, I still struggle with some people boundaries, for sure. But, yeah, it's definitely a conversation that even with some of my clients or just colleagues that I meet. And we're having a conversation. And boundaries does come up. And there's a lot of aha moments. So it's definitely a topic that I think everyone should be educated on. It's just really... <laughs> empower people to live uh, just a more pleasant life. But anyway, that's another topic, another rabbit trail. And I think changing your mindset around it, that it's actually a very loving act. Because yes. for me, if I value someone and I want them in my life and I want it to be an honest and good relationship, mm -hmm. I feel like I have to be able to be honest and say, oh, that doesn't work for me. Or actually, I'm not comfortable with that. And you know, you need to be able to have that. If you're in a situation where that's not possible because there's going to be some kind of punishment or some kind of effect that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to enjoy, it's kind of a good indication that there's something greater going on there too. Like, you know, there, a healthy friendship, a healthy relationship, a healthy working partnership, like there has to be that honesty. So a boundary is really just being honest uh, about how you feel instead of, agreeing with something that you don't want to do or that you can't, don't have the capacity for and then feeling resentful and annoyed about it after. Like I would feel terrible if somebody agreed to do something for me that they didn't want to do. Like I would feel so bad. So mm -hmm. I appreciate when people are just upfront and honest and I try to do the same. I can't say that I always, you know, sometimes I do agree to stuff still that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But I am working towards more of that just like really loving boundary and trusting that other people, like it is up to them how they how they receive it. If they know your energy, then they're going to get it. If they don't, it's possible somebody could take it the wrong way. It's possible that they could be put off, but that's yeah. kind of up to them. It's their prerogative. It's their decision. It's not up to us to, like, I used to think I had to like try and go in someone's mind and like make them see the truth about me like make them realize like oh no 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 that's not my intention and yeah. now it's like that's psycho like it's not really like <laughs> you, can't really, you can't do that first of all and also why do we need that you know it's okay for people to think what they think and it's true it's not really our business like yeah and yet you know obviously it's lovely if people are happy with you but it can't be your sole way of feeling peaceful and, and good is just if everyone else is happy with you that will never happen anyway yeah such an unrealistic expectation but yeah totally relatable i was thinking about some situations there so yeah very very relatable. Mm. so yeah there's different times there are different types of boundaries and uh, i think time bound like a time boundary how much time you spend on someone or on something and this is big for people who do this work. Like people who give readings are 
even just provide a service, you know, of any kind. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like I used to feel very conflicted about it because I never want to be a clock watcher. I never want someone to feel like I'm focused on how much time we have left and how much time this is taking. Because when I'm doing a reading, especially, I'm kind of engrossed in the situation. I'm activated. I'm engaged in what's happening. So lots of times time goes by and it feels like it was five minutes and it's actually been an hour. And like, I don't notice, you know, it's like you're kind of in another world. You really are in another world. But then I would feel stressed and I would feel annoyed if, or I'd get like almost an upset feeling if like sessions would run longer. Not because I didn't want to spend the time with them, but because it would impact the next reading or I would end up feeling like, okay, I don't have time now to like go to the bathroom in between clients or I don't have time to eat. I'd go like hours without eating or drinking any water because I just would run so late and not late, but like I'd run over time. So the time that if I was supposed to have 15 minutes in between, it ended up being like one minute in between. And that was my own doing, you know, like I just did not want to appear to be rude or I didn't want the person to think that like I was cutting them short or like that I, what we were doing wasn't meaningful. Cause I know they're having an experience that's important to them and they're having this in some, in some cases it's very life changing. So it felt rude to me to say, okay, like maybe as we're nearing the end of the session, starting to let them know like, oh, Hey, we have like five minutes left. I have time for one more question. You know, like that to me, I felt almost like that was a bit like being, I don't know, just not being very like nice. So I had to get over that and recognize that there is a reason to have that because if I just kept going and going and going with every single person, it's not giving me what I need in that moment to be able to be fresh and centered and ready for the next reading. Mm -hmm. And also it's kind of, it's sort of a, there has to be a limit at some place. At some point there has to be a limit. And so I think now the way I look at it is that if the session is 40, say it's 40 minutes, they know that going in, it's agreed upon. That's what they've signed up for. That's what they've purchased. If, if it's going to take a bit longer, it's okay. That can be my choice if I want to do that. But I feel much more comfortable now giving that little bit of warning and kind of just speaking up and saying, I have to, I have to bring things to a close now, you know, so let's like, whatever the next part of the conversation is. So I, I think you have to be strong enough to withstand someone's disappointment or disapproval. And if we don't do that for ourselves, no one else is going to do it. Like it's not on someone else to be upholding our boundaries for us. That's what we need to do. And Mm -hmm. I think people can choose. They can ask for what they want, but we also have the right to say no to whatever doesn't work for us. So it doesn't mean the world revolves around us and what we want. It's just more so about empowering ourselves to be honest about the things that we need in work or relationships and in life in general. Yeah. And I think that's a very point. What really stood out to me was when you said, you know what, I want to show up to my readings, you know, fully present fresh, ready for them. And that's huge. I think, again, it's that flipping the switch, flipping the mindset instead of, oh, you know, they have more questions I need to answer, you know, da, da, da. but it's like, wait, like I need to honor this time and my next client, but I need to honor myself too. Like I need that time to refresh and disconnect and eat or whatever you need to do for yourself. And I think that's so empowering. 
And of course, I'm always proud when you put your boundaries in place. But it's true. Like, I always love our readings together. And I mean, of course, it could, the conversation could go on forever because it's so fun and it's exciting and it's so beautiful and healing. But, you know, that five minute Minute warning, a five minute warning is great. Like, I like when you said that because then it's like, okay, like, any other questions? Like, I know it's coming to an end. So, I think it's great that you do that personally. Mm-hmm. And I think it just also lets the person know. Like, I always kind of think about therapists, they're good at that. Like, obviously, like they know about boundaries, but they, you know, they're good at that and they will find a way to tactfully wrap things up, you know? And I think that. It's important because it can be it can be draining if you're constantly not honoring yourself in whatever way, you know, and time honestly is, I think, maybe a huge priority for me or it's something that I value a lot. And I recognize that I have to be in charge of it. You know, I have to take that step and really look after that for myself because I know what happens when I don't do that. So, you know, there can be a drain. It can impact your quality of your life or your family life even, you know. Those are minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. You add it up over a year. That's a lot of time. And, you know, so it comes down to truly what you do value for sure. Mm -hmm. What about you? Like, is there any, ex- or is there an example of a time where you've allowed someone to push past your boundaries? Oh, yes. I'm thinking of one. So it's a combination. It's a time boundary and it's a emotional boundary. Is that okay? If I combine? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So time boundary, you've covered what that is, but emotional boundary is, you know, how much emotional energy you're capable of sharing, not sharing, you know, taking in. So this was last year and this was when we were at home and my little boy had ongoing health issues. He had to be hooked up to a machine for most of the day on and off. It was very high stress time. I just needed to preface that. Yeah. And I got a text from someone. I don't want to reveal any names. I got a text from someone at about seven o'clock saying, hey, we want to get out of the house. We want to go for a drive. You know, we haven't seen you guys in so long. We have a bag of gifts for Luca. We're going to come by. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been up since four. It's been a really long day. Miles putting Luca to sleep, you know, for if you're on your way, that's fine. You know, maybe just leave them at the door. Mm-hmm. Is what I first said. And then they said, Oh, but you know, why don't you just come out and we'll just we'll just say hi for like two minutes, like just two minutes, come out and I'm like, Ugh. and I was exhausted, just so yeah. drained. I'm like, okay. So I message Niall and I go, Oh, so and so is coming by. So the, the wife, the husband, the two toddlers, and a dog. And of course, I would not allow them in the house because I needed to protect the energy. But imagine if they woke up, Luke, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> like I would have snapped. Yeah. So I knew that I couldn't allow them in the house. We knew that boundary was there. And I knew that there was going to be a time boundary as well because I'm exhausted. I'm up since four. We're not sleeping at night because we're up every hour checking his cords, the wires, making sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's seven o'clock. Eight o'clock rolls around and we're still not at the house. And I'm planning to go to bed for nine. And anyways, Mal comes downstairs and we're just hanging out. I'm like, oh, they're still here yet. I'm like, you know what? Maybe they changed their mind, whatever. So we go on with their evening. Niall, my husband, has to go to work tomorrow, the next day at 5 a.m. So he needs to wake up early. So I'm like, why don't you just go to bed? I'll just wait. The quarter to nine rolls around. They're still not there. And I messaged them. I'm like, hey, I thought you guys were coming. You're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, we are on the way. Sorry, we got to do something. I'm like, okay, like, I need to go to bed. Like, I've been up since four. I started washing my face, brushing my teeth, whatever. I swear to God, it was 9.50 when they showed up at my house. From 7 o'clock to 9.50. I was so choked. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm going to mentally prepare, shake it out. So I go outside, da, 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 da. How are you? How's Luca? Like they wanted a full on like meeting with me. They wanted to know about his health. I was so exhausted. So I had a really good emotional boundary of how much I was sharing. Yeah. I said, listen, like I'm so tired. Like I, you know, thank you so much for this generous gift. Like it's so kind of you. I'm just really tired. Like he's doing good. Like it's very high stressful, but like he's okay. How are you guys? And then I asked how they were. And I probably talked to them for 15 minutes outside and their stupid dog was barking i was like don't wake up Luca. yeah I, mean, I love i love the dog and so they left and then the next day i talked to another family member and they're like oh they came by why didn't you let them in that's so rude of you you should have invited them in and i i got very defensive i said tuesday at 10 p.m is not a time to come into my home and I started getting defensive with this other person. I felt kind of bad. And I started, I was like a dog, like barking at them. I said, listen, like that's all the time to come into my house. They're not cooking. They're not cleaning. They're not taking care of my kid. I don't have a nanny. I don't have a babysitter. And I kind of went on a rabbit trail, but I needed to explain it to this person because I knew it wasn't going to hear about it for the rest of my life. But I didn't let them in and it was so offensive. And then they finally kind of got it. But, you know, if I could go back in time and do that whole night again, mm-hmm. it would be, hey, you know what? That actually doesn't work for us. We're going to have to connect during the day. Thanks. And that's it. Boom. Yes. And if they think I'm rude, they think I'm rude. But the reality is like, I have to take care of myself, my husband and my son. And like, it was not, even if I was single, 10 o'clock is under appropriate time to show up to my house. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was somewhere where I was really stretched emotionally and time-wise. Like I had a bit of a boundary there, but yeah, if I could go back in time, no, it's not an appropriate time to come. Thank you so much for the gift. We'll have to do it another time when it works best for all of us. And that's it. Like short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Because don't you think it? some of it is like to do with family precedence? Like if it's mm-hmm. always been that way, then people just think that's expected or yeah. also I find for myself yeah I would sometimes like go past a little bit of what I, a boundary would be for me or what I'm comfortable with for fear of that like gossip or somebody talking like bad about you or saying that like you're ungrateful like they're trying to do something yeah. nice for you like guilt yeah. guilt yeah. Tripping, I find whether people intentionally do it or not when it happens, that's a real trigger for me. When I feel that I'm being guilted or shamed for having a boundary, now I get real mad. Like it really inspires an anger response. And when that happens, I know that it's important for me to set that. Th- that's why I need to set that boundary. So the anger, I mean, probably over time, as I set more boundaries, I won't have that response But as much. But now when I get it, I know that it's giving me a signal that, oh, wait a minute. Like I've not, I've not made myself clear. And yeah. so that's what you have to do. And because everyone's different, it's impossible to think that I always think that people will just know. I think because we're psychic, we expect that other people just know things like yeah. the, feel the energy and be like, oh, you know what? It's probably not a good time, actually. Like we would do it that way. So we expect that other people would just know that, but no, lots of people just don't know that in their mind, they might think that's totally fine or in their world, maybe that's cool. Maybe they wouldn't have the same value. So yeah. we can't really like, I almost feel like we can't really judge anyone for thinking it's okay. But if you state the boundary and they still push it or still go past it, then yes, you can, you can fault somebody for that, but yeah. not for not knowing, you know, not if we don't, set it and make it clear exactly and you know before you talked about flexible boundaries like say if it was one of my friends 
I have a friend that lives in London and she's like, hey, Adri, I'm just in town. I'm by Fort Moody. Can I pop by your place? Sure. I would have allowed her in my house because I haven't seen her in five years. You know, we're buddies from high school. I would have been flexible there, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but with my family situation, they know what's going on. So, so again, there is that flexibility and it's not like, you know, and again, there's some that are non-negotiable, but mm-hmm. sorry, I think I went on a little rabbit trail, but I just wanted to mention the, a bit about the flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, you know, there has to be a point where you do get to decide what you have a capacity for and what you don't. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the way that you take your power back. Because if you're just like allowing and allowing and allowing, you're basically saying to the universe, okay, whatever happens to me, I'll just deal with it. Whereas I think we have way more say. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, yes, there are certain things maybe we're not going to avoid in this life, like certain things. But for the most part, we have free will. We have choice. And I think the more empowered way of viewing your life is that it's not what happens to you. Like you get to you get to decide. You get to decide every single day how you want to show up in the world, what you value can change, what's important to you in that moment, how much energy you have to give. And it's not really up for debate or scrutiny like people can people can think and say whatever they want but usually i find that people that have a trouble understanding someone else's boundary or they get offended by it it's mm-hmm. because they don't have any awareness of of boundaries at all like to them everything is just a, it's just it's like a free for all you know so it's up to us really that's what it comes down to 100% mm-hmm. emotional boundary something i've noticed with students is that lots of times they're super excited and they're like so into it. They realize that they have the psychic ability or they realize they can connect with spirit and they think that they're meant to then be constantly doing it. Like, and it's almost like a flex. I feel like sometimes people think that like if they're out in the world and they have like this connection with spirit or a spirit makes themselves known to them that it means they must be better than someone else who doesn't have that experience Mm. when actually to me when I see that happening often it's a red flag in a way that I want them to recognize how much of that maybe is a bit ego based and not necessarily something else like there's a sense of sometimes people are like oh I'm bombarded by spirit I can they're always talking to me I just can't I can't get away from it. Like, I'm just so powerful. Like, I've had someone say that to me before. Not a student, but somebody. And I was like, I think, in my opinion, it's a lack of boundaries. Yeah. And it's also, like, not appropriate to be in class. So in class, we do exercises and we read each other, of course. And that's an implied, like, consent. Like, obviously, if you're taking this class, you know that's what's going to happen and you're okay with reading someone else and getting a reading like that's how we learn but it I've seen people well-meaning and it's totally well-meaning I don't think for any other purpose really other than to just be helped but they'll go and then message someone from class and be like oh like later in the week or something I got this image of you so they'll think out of good intentions you know like definitely usually I think trying to help somebody but it'll be like a week later and they'll message a person from class and say oh I had this image of you and I feel like you're going through some heartbreak or they'll give them almost like a psychic they're tuning into them psychically and they're 
like dying to give them this information, but actually it's kind of not in it's not really appropriate because there's a bit of a lack of boundary there. That person hasn't asked you to tune in. Like that's a different story. You've just done it. And then sometimes people take it as like, oh, I couldn't help it. Like spirit just came to me and told me this. And I think sometimes that's tricky, like because it's not been something that has been that has been agreed upon. Do you know what I mean? So some people might love it, and I'm sure it's helpful, and it's 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 a wonderful in that person's mind. They think they're giving you like, you know, a gift, like insight, and maybe that is for some situations. But there are some people that might value their privacy in a different way or value it more than others. You know, some people are just open book and they wouldn't care. They'd be like, yes, bring it on. But then there are some people that wouldn't like that. And I don't love it. I don't like the idea of being in a class and at any point, any one of these psychics or mediums is like tuning into me just for no reason. Like that feels creepy to me. It just feels invasive. So I would have a boundary with that. I would have a problem with it. And so I think it's just important to know if you're learning and you're developing, you don't have to take it on. You don't have to be open 24-7. It doesn't mean that you're better. Or if you're not open 24-7, that you're not as good or not as, you know, quote unquote powerful, which I don't really like love that term in this situation. But that it's fair to say when there's consent and when you're open and you intend to be open to spirit communication, that you're going to do it. And then it's also totally acceptable to be done when you're done and go on with your life and be balanced and live in the physical world. doesn't mean you're not like you still have those abilities and you're still a sensitive person. You're still going to feel energy around you. But there's a difference between actively engaging and then sort of just being aware, you know, like living your life as a person who's aware of spirit and aware of things with people. So I do think also like sometimes people get really rattled when there's, you know, if somebody passed away in a in a tragic circumstance, you know, sometimes accidents or if there's been violent, you know, a violent passing uh, sometimes people get really, really into the drama of it. Like they really are dramatic, like, oh my God, I can't handle this. I can't breathe. You know, it's very like that. And I think that's a boundary issue because there's a way that you can engage with spirit, but you don't have to experience their passing. You know, yeah. like it's not necessary to get the information and to deliver the information and to be effective. So there's just this, I think it comes down to belief sometimes. Like if you don't believe that there's there could be a boundary, then you're just going to be kind of in that sort of, um, it's almost like a victim mentality where like it's just happening to you and you have no control. Yeah, exactly. I don't believe in that at all in life. Like it's a big thing for me in life. Like it's not what happens to you. But also then in mediumship, we're not at the at the will of something that we can't have some semblance of a say you know this is a partnership a relationship with spirit so for a healthy relationship you gotta you gotta be able to have some and I don't even want to say boundaries of spirit because I don't want to make it sound like it's some terrible thing that we have to keep away it's not so much that I think it's about balance balancing the human the physical world with the other world and being fully engaged in both and not feeling as though, you know, that we're constantly at the beck and call of this force that we can't 
say no to because spirit loves us spirit would like us to you know be the messengers they would like us to do this work so they're going to understand we are human and sometimes it's just not going to be the time to be doing a reading sometimes it's not really healthy for us to be doing a reading uh sometimes it might not even be helpful to be doing a reading for someone sometimes it could be detrimental to somebody so that is just my little point that I just want people to know. If you're a student, just you can empower yourself. You don't have to feel like you're a prisoner and that you have to do what Spirit says, right? We still have our own free will. That was well said. Thank you, Melissa. That has happened to me. I'm not going to get into it, but that has happened to me a few times where randoms have come up to me or I was at a, like, at a salon. I remember yeah. talking to you about this and another person in a different situation. Oh, I sense this, this, and this, and so on and so forth. And it was very, it caught me off guard and it wasn't, and I could hear you say, is it empowering? Is it true? You know, and there was no ethical awareness. It was just like, da, 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 da. and it left me like upset and a really bad taste in my mouth. And then some of the stuff they were saying was right and some of it very far off. But the point was, I didn't give permission and it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, I didn't come here for this crap. I came here to get my hair cut or, you know, I just came to have a coffee with you. I'm not here for you to analyze me. Do you know what I mean? And it just, it repelled me. Yeah. So I really agree with you about the balance and that ethical awareness. And we have the power, like, you know, to turn it off, turn it on, you know, it can be detrimental to someone's mental health too. You might not be ready to hear maybe the message you want to give them. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Very important. Yeah. And I think in some cases, it's a person who just wants to show off. They just want you to know how great they are in their own mind. You know, they think that they're like, oh, like, I can't help this. It's just coming to me. You have to tell her. And that's just like, weird that's weird to me it's like if you're confident in yourself and you know what you do and you feel secure you don't have a need to tell everybody and their dog and to perform for strangers just for your own like I don't know like so that you can feel like you're doing something like I don't know I just to me it's strange to me I think that there's kind of especially with mediumship there's a humility I think that is really important to have and to recognize just because you can do something does not mean that you should always be doing it and what if somebody doesn't really want to know like what if someone is just like no thank you like you've just really invaded their their energy you've invaded their space and it's just yeah to me that feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. 100% And then there's physical boundaries, you know, so this is all about personal space, comfort to touch, physical needs, sexual needs. Um, you know, when I think of a physical boundary, like what comes to mind is when I used to work downtown and I worked at this boutique and sometimes my clients, when we were done, like I'm helping them with retail and beauty products and, you know, they had a great time with me and then they wanted to hug me, which was weird, like, because some, some of them were male and some of them were obviously female and I just kind of, I didn't like it. There was a few people that I agreed to hug you. But most people, I say, mm, not a hugger. Like, you know, thanks so much for your time. I just want to hug you. And I'd put my arm out. And like, well, I'm not a hugger, sorry, but I had a great time with you. And I could tell sometimes they were a bit offended, but it was just, I didn't want them. And I think energetically too, because such an empath, I didn't, I just felt repelled to hug them. Like something said no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that in a rude way. It just, mm-hmm. my boundary was like, no. I mean, 
if the person looked like Chris Hemsworth, I would probably say, yes, I will have fun. But, you know, in all seriousness, though. So those could be physical boundaries. Or yeah. I remember when I was like 13, probably back to when I went to Italy. And it's a custom. It's very traditional. I think they still do it. When you meet someone or maybe family or friends, you shake their hand and you do a kiss, kiss on the cheek. And I hated that because mm. I would have to kiss and hug all my old uncles and aunts, God bless them, not like speaking down to them, but I would get so close that you could smell the wine or the food that they ate or the cigarette or whatever. But it was just so gross. And I know as a kid, I'm just like, this doesn't feel good, but I had to do it because they had to look polite. So yeah, those are some examples of physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, I listen, there's a certain podcast that I listen to and one of their like, it's a true crime podcast, but one of the things that they say often is like F politeness. And I kind of love it because it makes me think about, yeah, especially, you know, little, little kids, you know, Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not so much now, but like when we would have been growing up, it was like, oh, give them a hug, give them a kiss, go give them a kiss, go give them a hug. Oh, they're going to be sad if you don't give them a hug, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that is terrifying because here we are telling children, you know, that there's like stranger danger and somebody could harm you, kidnap you, molest you, kill you. You know, like there's all this this fear that was instilled. Maybe that was just me, but I was like convinced in the 80s that I was going to be abducted that then if you don't want to touch someone, but that you are supposed to because it's polite, that's a very confusing message. And it's a good way for people to learn that they are supposed to, especially if it's an adult, I find, you know, that power imbalance. And Mm -hmm. so I just, from the beginning with my own kids, it's always been like, no, 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 they do not have to, they do not want to. Like, there's no way I'm violating my kids' boundaries with that, like with physical space, physical touch, none of that. And then I also, I'm reminded of I guess this is kind of a physical boundary, but maybe it's even a few others. When I was about, must have been about 20, 21, I went to a care clinic because I needed to get, I need to get checked out. I think it was when I was working for a Canada and every time you would get sick, if you couldn't fly, because you can't be cleared to fly if you've got certain things, you know, going on and your nose stuff, that kind of thing. And I would need a note to send to work saying like, you know, I have to be off for however many days or whatever. And so I went to this care clinic and there was an elderly doctor and he came in and he came and he stood very close to me. Now he was doing like looking in my throat and and nose and ears and stuff. So he had to be. But the feeling that I got was very like I was on high alert. Like I felt anxious and I started to get hot and I just felt like I felt almost like faint. And it, it was a physical response. Wow. And sure enough, he starts asking me questions. And he's like, oh, I see you're engaged. Like he looked at my engagement ring. And he's like, tell me about your fiance's. Like it was a very sexual question he was asking, which had absolutely zero to do with anything. Like watching me feel humiliated by it because I just was so shocked. And I won't go into graphic detail, but the things he was saying were absolutely 100% inappropriate, 100% to get a reaction. And I felt very scared for my safety in that room with the door closed alone with him. Like it was terrifying. And I just knew I was like, oh God, this is it. Like this is bad. And so I didn't know how to answer. And my face got super, super red because it always does if I'm upset. 
And I just was like, I was like almost like shaking. And I remember just being a bit numb. Like I was just like answering him, but Mm -hmm. like knowing at the time that like, this isn't okay. But it was almost like, I just thought, okay, if I could just like get through this conversation, then I can just leave. I can get out of here. I can just go. And so it was kind of a blur. I don't remember how it ended. I just remember getting out of there as fast as I could. And I went home and I was telling my fiance at the time and he was like, this is BS. Like, we're going down there. Like, we're going to talk to them. And I was like, I can't. I was so humiliated. I was so embarrassed. And I look back now and think, what was I embarrassed for? Like, this man should be ashamed of himself, not me. Like, I did not do anything. And so I also felt stupid that I didn't stop it, like that I didn't leave. I didn't just walk out. I felt stupid that I didn't tell the people working in the office about it. Like I just, they were like, fine. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like an idiot, you know? So I, I realized now I have some compassion for myself that that was traumatic. And because I've experienced like abuse in the past, I, I think it was very triggering. And so obviously I was just frozen. I just froze. That was like a trauma response. Sure. But I would probably, I know I'd react differently now, you know, but this is like, yeah, 20 years ago. But my fiance called and reported it to the office. And they said, oh, well, he's never had any complaints. And he's been a doctor for 45 years. So and that was it. Wow. I I just left it. Like I didn't pursue it. I didn't. And I think back to myself, I think that's also very irresponsible of me because he's probably done it a million times. And if nobody was going to hold them accountable, who knows what he would do, you know, next to somebody else. So it was space. I don't even know. It was just a huge, that was a huge violation of boundaries for me. God, that just sounds, just listening to it sounds so scary. And I think, God, like, of course he would have froze. It sounds horrible. And I just, when I said, wow, it was to the response from Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. what piece is the worst? Like, that's just, oh my God. Almost as if to say, like, they, they weren't taking it seriously. It's almost like, oh, well, this can't be your experience because he's never had any complaints. Yeah. Oh, so that even thinking about it makes me so mad. But it reminds me too, like shame is a powerful thing because I felt shame. And I think that's why I didn't like I felt ashamed for saying it. I felt embarrassed saying the words that he said to me. Mm-hmm. And so like it reminds me when I was like probably mm, six years old or something. We had these neighbors that lived beside us and they were good friends of ours. Like my brother and I were friends with the the boy and the girl that lived next door and my parents were good friends with the parents. And one day there was, they had a white kind of like stucco outside of their house. And mm-hmm. one day there was this fluorescent green stain that got on the side of the house. Like it was kind of a big stain. And the mom was like grilling me. Like, oh, Melissa, did you do that? Like, did you, did you put, cause she had made like Kool-Aid or something. And she's like, did you put it on the house? Did you do it? And I was so like, no, because I didn't do it. But because I felt so almost like ashamed that I could tell she was mad. Like she was very mad. She was very like heated and she thought I was lying. And so I, my face, I blushed and my face was red. And she said, I know you're lying because you're blushing. And I'll never forget it because I was like, I can't help it. This is my body responding. Like, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm sad. And I'm embarrassed that you're doing this to me. And so I look back and think, oh, you know, as a kid, I didn't have the ability to have a boundary there and say like, I'm not going to stand here and be interrogated. I mean, probably maybe not a lot of six-year-olds would, but I certainly did not. Like, I just thought, well, she's an adult. 
I'm not. I just have to sit here and take this. And I went home and I was like bawling. I was so like so upset and told my mom and she believed me. So I was like, thank you. But it was just like, it's just so weird to think that shame can be a real powerful feeling that can maybe stop some of us for actually upholding a boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark Marie, I can definitely think of the same things. <sighs> so did your mom go ever to that lady and like give her help? <laughs> That's what I would have done. If I, I just, wonder. I mean, I think she probably okay. did because one thing I'll say, my <laughs> mom was really, really protective in that way. Like we had a neighbor that was like kind of mean to me one time and she would play with me sometimes. And then like, if she had a better friend there that she wanted to play with more, she'd just like send me home. Like she was older than me and she kind of like, kind of just was like using me. And she did it one too many times. <laughs> my mom went over there and just was like <laughs> a little chat with her. And I look back and I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny, but I do appreciate that she did have my back. So yeah, I'm pretty sure she she did talk to the the neighbor. Yeah, that's what I was envisioning of like, yeah, Mama Bear is going to go protect her daughter. Yeah, no, 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 that wouldn't fly. No, she was not happy about it. Let's talk about intellectual boundaries. So this is about thoughts, views, ideas. What comes to mind for me, especially with what's gone on in the world the last couple of years, when I think of an intellectual boundary, there's certain conversations that I just will not engage in. And there is with selected people that I feel safe, where even though we may not agree on political or life views or whatever, I know we can respectfully disagree and have an open two-way conversation. But there is some topics that I just will shut down and have had to do it numerous times in the last couple of years. And I would just say something like, you know what, I'm not the person for this conversation. I'm not, for my mental health, I can't continue this conversation. So if we could either switch the subject or I'm going to have to walk away. And I remember somebody saying, well, don't you want to know what's going on in the world? And, and you know, well, you can't live under a rock. They got like, oh, super pissed off that I said that. And I said, no, I know what's going on in the world. But this birthday party, this anniversary, this grocery line to me is not the place that I want to have a heated conversation with. And I just, I don't have the mental capacity. Mm -hmm. And most, some people respectful and some people not so much. So that would be kind of a really brief, (laughs) without going into all the details of how I kind of set the boundary of just own views and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And it's important to be able to do that. I will use that because I think sometimes we can get almost talked into like continuing that conversation. (laughs) Like if you're not careful, you'll end up engaging and it's like, why am I doing this? You know, it depends on the person. It's exactly. true. If you have the mental capacity that day, and also it's somebody that you trust and you know that you could have a differing opinion, but it's not going to change the level of respect or kindness that is shown, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. I got into a conversation with someone recently and I think they, be- they thought that I was going to agree with them. Like they just assumed that I had the same opinion about something and yeah. I really didn't. And I, I was so proud of myself because I said it, like, I just said, oh, like, I know what you're saying, but actually I feel this way, you know, and this is how I look at it. And it was scary because I could tell that the person was like shocked, like, oh, like they did, they were not expecting me to feel the way that I did about this Mm. thing. And so it was weird too, because they kept going and it's almost like they wanted to convince me. 
Yeah, the convincing. <laughs> and and I was like, I'm open-minded. Like, I'm open-minded to things that I might not know. And I value this person. So I didn't feel like it was like, I wasn't upset about it. But I was just kind of like, no, I still feel this way. <laughs> like, mm, you know, like I'm open to hearing, but I'm not changing my mind. You know, like in this instance, it's not enough to make me change my mind about that. And so it was kind of a sensitive topic to do with like kids and different things that, yeah, yeah this person was bringing up. But it's something that because it's someone that I do value and that I feel fairly close to, it was easier for me. It was more comfortable for me to just say that. And I don't think she was offended. I think she was just surprised. Like, oh, oh, like she just didn't know that's how I felt. So it's interesting. But you can kind of tell a lot. I find if I'm being like, you know, myself and honest and authentic with someone and they have a huge reaction or like a huge problem with it, that's a good indication to me that like we're not really a good match. Like we're just yeah. not really for each other. I mean, I'm not saying one time, but like if it's a pattern that you feel like mm, your authenticity is being met with like a huge dramatic reaction, then it's a no for me. <laughs> yeah. Big red flag. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of what I would say. Yeah. But like opinions and and different viewpoints, you know, relationship boundaries, the boundaries you have with yourself, your partner, your family, friends and colleagues. Definitely. That's a huge one. And I think, again, I didn't realize for the longest time that you could have boundaries with these people. So it's been like a progressive thing for me. Friendships, I think, have been difficult with boundaries because like I never wanted people to be upset. I never wanted anyone to feel like, I don't know, that I didn't want to spend time with them or that I didn't want to have the friendship. But there's just been varying times in my life where I have not had the capacity, the ability. I want to say the time. And I know people will say if they wanted to, they would. Or like, yeah. everyone has enough time. If you really wanted to do something, you would do it. In some cases. But I think in other cases, they're not. people don't always take into account your mental health or yeah. your reserve of energy. And mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say that like, oh, my job is the only job that's demanding. I know there's there's everyone that works is working hard and there's there's demands but it is a sort of different or unique kind of full-time job to have it's not something that everyone does it's not something that a lot of people I think do long term because it is tricky and because energetically you there's a lot that goes into it and it's hard it's hard to be present with other people in such a soulful way if you're going through your own like human, illness, sickness, maybe you're depressed, maybe you got anxiety, maybe you had a fight with someone. Like, you know, there's things that happen in life and it it is not that easy to be open and vulnerable and available in the way that you need to be to do readings all the time. You know? So, I think what I I'm trying to express is that there's been times where I've disappointed friends because I didn't have the energy to do what I said I was going to do. You know, like I'd say yes to plans and then last minute literally I would be burnt out and I just the thought of having to go and be somewhere in public and give my attention and my energy just felt overwhelming mm -hmm. and it's embarrassing to say that to someone because it's it, I used to feel like well they must just think I'm just like I can't handle life you know and I recognize now no it is like annoying I'm sure you know when someone does that repeatedly you know because with certain people it did happen a few times and I know that they were upset and and all of that but also like 
I think I had to realize that there was a, probably a reason that was happening repeatedly anyway. You know, like probably that relationship maybe just wasn't supposed to be. And I don't mean it like in a negative way to that that person or anything like that. Just like, okay, obviously we're not a good match. You know, like if that's happening, there is a reason. There's something going on there. But I think I'm more able to be okay with it. Like I always try my best to deliver in every area of my life. But like I have friend, like a friend that lives not like they live in the States and I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll call you Friday afternoon, see if you're around. And then if I don't, for whatever reason, I know she's not going to freak out. Like yeah. she's very aware, we live kind of the same life and she sort of knows that like, oh, if I don't, she gives me the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't because I'm snubbing her or blowing her off or I don't want to talk to her. She knows, well, we both have ADHD also, so, but it's like, she knows that I just either forgot or something happened or I didn't have, you know, I didn't think to text at that moment, but she knows I'm always going to come back. I'm always going to, you know, we'll pick up, we'll get it together. We'll have a conversation. So I think it's, for me, maybe I've realized that a good boundary for myself is when I have friendships with people, I need it to be someone who's maybe chill in a way like that, where I also am the same for them. Like I will not panic. I will not freak out if something like that happens, you know, like I'm, there's an understanding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that's a really healthy friendship to have that you don't need to walk on eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important, you know? And yeah, some people I think really value like in-person time. And I do value that at this point in my life, I don't have a lot of it to spare. So, and either do you, right? So it's like, None. if I'm going to use something, it's usually with the kids, for the kids, for work or work. And then with friendships, yes, if I can make it happen, for sure. I would love to see you. I want to I want to spend that time, but it's not always possible. So it's, it's just a matter of like having people in your life that will understand and not take it personally. Exactly. I think of relationship boundaries like, I feel like my whole life kind of turned upside down with my son's health mm-hmm. issues. And I lost some friends during that time, but I've also gained a lot of friends. And I remember saying, like, I remember saying to my friends, like, listen, like, I don't have the capacity to message you, to call you, to check in, to socialize. I'm just trying to survive. And I really felt like I was almost drowning every day, like about to drown, you know, just trying to catch that breath. And I remember explaining to somebody saying, I have postpartum depression. We don't know if our boy's going to live. I'm trying to navigate through my marriage. We're living on a mattress in the hospital. Everything, we are challenged in every way you can imagine, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And I did feel judged. I did feel judged, like, well, pull yourself together. From some people and other friends are very understanding, but that is the reality of setting a boundary is that uh, other people may not get it. They may not respect it. And it could, you could lose a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, was it really a strong friendship to begin with? Then, you know, that, that's a thing too to think about, but maybe some people take it personal. Like, oh, well, she can't make time for me. Mm-hmm. That's not the case at all. I barely, I couldn't even make time for myself. It felt like. So that was something I really learned. And I look back you know, at the friends that unfortunately, like, we're not friends anymore. And I'm like, was I a bad person? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I was trying to do the best at the time. And I was honest. I said, I don't have the capacity to be there for you right now. I'm just trying to survive. So, you know, we'll connect when we connect. So, yeah, that's kind of a relationship boundary. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so it's yeah, it's so true. And it can be so tough. Like it's confusing. But I like this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's like anything that you lose from being honest was not really yours to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of true. You have to be able to show up and say, like, I'm sorry. Like, I know like over explaining and apologizing is not healthy because it is basically you giving your power away and also not really valuing your boundaries. But yeah. I will honestly, like, I understand if I do something like that disappoints someone else and I know it is disappointing them, for sure I will say, I'm sorry. Like, I know this is disappointing or like, I understand that you might be upset. However, like, this is the truth. This is what's going on. And this is what I can yeah. do or what I can't do. And I feel comfortable with that at this point. Like I'm not super hardcore with like those, like those boundaries yet. Maybe I will be one day, but for now I still will, you know, and I think it's important. Yeah. Sometimes you do. Sometimes we are the asshole. Like sometimes you do have to apologize and be like, Oh, actually, sorry. If you did something to upset someone, yeah, you could do that, but you don't have to apologize for having a boundary or yeah. Or not meeting someone's need just because they had a need. Like, that's different, I think. That's a good sort of distinction to make. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's a good distinction. Should we talk about, I mean, I know we kind of gave examples, but should we kind of talk about like boundary steps? Yes, yes. Why don't you walk us through that? Sure. So I think when setting a boundary, you want to be clear, direct, like you just said, you don't really need to deeply, deeply explain yourself. Yeah. But you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, this is really all about, I think at the core of the boundary, remembering this is about your values, your feeling, feelings and really honoring it. So one great thing to do is just connect to your feelings, <sighs> take a breath and really assess the situation that you're in and state your boundary to the person. And then you would also state the consequence. And then you would just wait for the response. So again, I'll quickly kind of give an example. So that person that wanted to talk about a heated political conversation, I just said, so I assessed the situation. They were talking about this political issue. And I said, you know what? I'm not the person for this conversation. And for my mental health, this conversation can't continue with it. So that was the, that was the consequence. Mm -hmm. I think I can't otherwise... You can continue in it. Otherwise, I'm going to need to like walk away. So walking away was my consequence. And then I have to wait and see what they say. They might be like, okay, yeah, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Or if they continue to babble, then it's up to me to actually follow through on the consequence, which can be challenging. And sometimes, like we talked about earlier, you, in the moment, you might not be able to, not that you might not be able, it might just kind of take, you might be taking it back a bit. So later on, you might be like, oh, wait a minute, I could have handled this better. Like the trial and error, do you remember? So you can kind of look back and reflect and be like, okay, if I could do that situation again, what I would have done. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes in the moment, you may have the answer to do it, but otherwise, most of the time, it's that trial and error. So later on, when you're reflecting, you know how to set yourself up for success for the next possible time that this situation could happen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's a big emphasis on following through mm -hmm. with the boundary. Because if you repeatedly say there's going to be a consequence and you don't actually do it, people do learn that they can get what they want from you. All they have to do is maybe guilt trip you a bit, make you feel a little bit bad or try to make you feel bad. Keep pushing. Just be adamant. Just be a bit more, you know, persistent and you'll cave. 
And so then you end up feeling bad about yourself. You're like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be this person who, you know, does not have this boundary. And then also you're ending up like, why did you even try to have a boundary in the first place? If you're not going to do what it takes, kind of like, you know, remove yourself from the situation or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So people do really learn how they can treat us, like what's acceptable. And if you let something slide and you let something slide, then yeah, the expectation is there. It's hard when you've already let something go a bunch of times and then you try to put the boundary. You could still do it, but I think you'll get a real, the reaction will sometimes be pretty major because you're not expecting it. You know, they're Mm -hmm. just like, what? Oh, all of a sudden she's, you know speaking up you know and it's just like i think people get a bit like weirded out but eventually people get used to it you know that yeah like i'm a loving person but i also am not going to be a doormat i'm not going to be used i'm not going to be putting myself in a situation that i feel uncomfortable in just to make you feel good or to fulfill some need that you have no like it ha- there has to be that level of everybody being responsible for their own selves Hmm. well said mm-hmm. so I think it's good yeah like that respect you know I think respect is a huge thing so you have to respect yourself to have I think a healthy relationship with yourself just like you have to have respect for a friend or a partner or whoever you know it, it goes both ways but it has to be for yourself too so one good way of respecting yourself and showing yourself love is by upholding those boundaries so that you can you can feel like you're being honest with yourself, that you're not here just like fulfilling, you're not like a wish fulfilling factory, you know, like you're yeah. more than that, you know, you're here also as an independent person with needs and desires and wants, and that it's perfectly acceptable to voice it. Mm-hmm. So what about reflection and next steps? Should we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's totally true that like the things that irritate you, the things that annoy you, maybe even people that annoy you in your life, you have to look and see, is there a pattern? Like, does this keep happening? And is this something that is happening often? And if yes, what do you feel? Like, is there frustration? Is there sadness? Is there anger? Is there shame? Is there grief? Like, what is the, what is the feeling? And then what can you do to alleviate it? You know, what can you do to change that situation? And sometimes I think it's more simple than we think. Like sometimes it's just literally about just saying it. And then the other person's like, okay, cool. No problem. And you just like carry on. Like It doesn't have to be a scary, big problem all the time. It can be really, really simple. Communicating clearly without over-explaining or apologizing. That's huge. And I think the clear communication is important. I think sometimes when we use words like just, like, oh, I just want to, or we water, we water down what we really mean to try and soften it, like to try and make the other person not like feel bad or to not appear that we're being like assertive, which why is mm-hmm. being sort of a bad thing to begin with? But anyways, then you're diluting the message and there's more of a chance that the person's not going to get it. They're gonna, not going to understand your boundary because you're just like watering it down. So I think just being really like clear is a big, that's a big part of it. And I think, you know, during like, you know, 
for the listeners who want to reflect more on your boundaries, I think, you know, what is, you know, that one step you can take today to move towards healthier boundaries? And also who is someone you can reach out to support for support? So maybe there's a mentor or a coach or even a friend that you can stay with and you can, sounds funny to say, but role play, <laughs> like practice. You know, yeah, practicing is really big. I yeah. practice by myself. Like I just like pretend that I'm in this situation um, yeah. and I say it out loud and it does help me to feel more confident and ready when I'm yeah. in the situation. Anybody that's had, I think like trauma and stuff like that, it's true. You might, you might find it hard in the moment to react or speak up because you've been traumatized. <laughs> so I think the practice, the pre-practicing is really good. There are some people, there's a lady on TikTok. I can't remember her name, but anyway, she does like boundary phrases. It's like a flashcards. And I was mm-hmm. considering getting some of those just to just to see, but it's like nice to have them on hand. Like you could have like a little list going or some that you like to use that you know are like helpful and that you feel comfortable with. I think also like Terry Cole is an author. She wrote Boundary Boss, a book. And also she's got a podcast called Boundary Boss or something with Terry Cole. Anyways, I like her stuff. She's like a psychotherapist for many years and she really specializes in boundaries. And so I do recommend checking her out. There's another podcast that I really like, but I hesitate to recommend her sometimes because it is very, uh, well, she just, there's a lot of profanity. Like there's a lot of F-bombs. It doesn't bother me at all. like my kind of woman. It doesn't bug me at all, but I know some people might find it a bit much or they might not like it, but she is so cool. She has such an amazing take on, I mean, boundaries and all kinds of things. Her name is Alexis Fernandez. I'm just searching here. It's do you effing mind? Like that's what the podcast is called. And it's about mindset hacks and like, she really, really has an interesting take. She looks at things from the brain's perspective so like she knows what she's talking about she's got like a phd or something so she's quite intelligent but not only that she the advice that she gives is like absolutely incredible so Mm. there's some episodes like how to stop devaluing yourself take control over your emotions what to do when it feels like nothing is going your way um things about how to trust yourself and all, all kinds of things so i really do recommend her as well oh that sounds awesome i'm excited to listen to that yeah. Oh, I think you'll really enjoy. She's pretty, like, she's very badass kind of energy. She's like young. I don't even like, she's probably like thirties. I would say maybe even early thirties. She's young, but she just knows what she's talking about. And I love that she owns what she thinks and what she says. And like, there's not an apology for being who she is. And so yeah, that, that unapologetic kind of badass vibe to her. <laughs> yeah, look, she's really, really like, it's really inspiring to me. And then, oh, I also love Glennon Doyle, like Untamed, you know, that book and all that. Like, she's pretty, pretty amazing one to check out as well with some things about boundaries and all kinds of, all kinds of self-development and growth. Oh, awesome. Those are great recommendations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for chatting with me. I feel like we could literally just keep going for hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's never like a problem to fill up time. But I would, yeah, I would just ask everyone listening to take an inventory of what's working and what's not for you in life and really delve into it. See if you can explore, discover a little bit. And don't be afraid to take baby steps. It doesn't have to be like you're just, you know, becoming a, a like a boundary, like boss, like right in one day. But maybe it is just starting with a small thing. 
And it is exciting. Anytime I implement a boundary, I'm very excited. And I feel like it gives me life. Like I almost feel like I take some energy back and give it to myself. So think of it as like a gift you can give to yourself just by being kind to yourself, being good to yourself. All this talk about self-love, I think one of the most practical things you could do to love yourself is to show yourself respect. And have boundaries with yourself too. Call yourself out on your own bullshit because we all have it. We all, I'm sometimes very good at talking myself into things or out of things. Like I will know that I'm doing it, but I still let it happen. And so I think one way to start, you'd start with boundaries with yourself. Keep the promises that you make to yourself. I think that's a good place to begin. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave you with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. If you want to check out Adriana, can you tell them where they can find you? Yeah, right now you can check out, it's private on Instagram, but if you want to add me, maybe just message me that you listen to the podcast. Otherwise I will delete the request. <laughs> my, uh, per- I just, you know, sometimes I get these bots requesting my friendship. My personal Instagram page is life underscore is underscore beautiful underscore 604. Sorry, it's kind of a long one. So life is beautiful 604 with underscores in between each word. And you'll see my name, Adriana pop up. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, everyone have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.